Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1065. The Hunger Scale, Recognizing Hunger and Fullness by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your very own personal narrator. Hey there, happy Saturday. I hope your weekend is off to a great start. And welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, or OHD, where I act as your narrator of popular health and fitness blogs. And don't forget, we have five shows covering a bunch of different topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily in any podcast app to find them. Now, I'm gonna keep this intro nice and short, so let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. The Hunger Scale, Recognizing Hunger and Fullness by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com. Today's topic may seem obvious, but it's really not. In fact, this relates to an incredibly simple subject, mindful eating. Today, we're gonna focus on one aspect of mindful eating that is oddly difficult to master, recognizing hunger and fullness by using a self-driven hunger scale. Before we get started, though, I want to inject one side note. Mindful eating is often held up as an alternative to formal portion control methods like calorie counting or measuring and weighing foods. However, it's important to remember that strategies work extremely well in tandem and are often not mutually exclusive. Mindful eating is not a get-out-of-jail-free card that overrides the science of nutrition. Just like calorie counting doesn't get you off the hook for addressing behavioral habits like binging, and self-soothing with food. Mindful eating and other behavioral modifications work really, really well together and will probably combine to make you happier and healthier in your relationship with food. In short, do what works for you and don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The hunger scale. The easiest way to use a hunger scale is to give yourself a spectrum from one to 10. One being ravenous and 10 being uncomfortably stuffed. A good practice on any given day is to not let yourself get hungrier than a three and not fuller than a seven. If you want to be even more moderate, you could set up an expectation of staying between three and four on the bottom end and six at the top. Anytime you start to get hungry, ask yourself, where am I? Then, as you eat, you ask yourself throughout the meal, where am I? It helps you to learn the physical cues of hunger a rumbling stomach, and a dip in energy, for example, as well as the physical cues of satisfaction, no rumbling in the stomach, and an increased heart rate, for example. Appearances can be deceiving. The reason mindful eating can be tricky to implement 
is that we are often not in touch with our body's real cues. Some cues can be deceptive if we're not habituated to interpreting signals accurately. For example, cravings and thirst can often masquerade as hunger. Having several large glasses of water between breakfast and lunch can be enough to eliminate the need for a morning snack. Similarly, cravings may represent a preoccupation with a specific food and can't be satisfied with just any food. For example, if you really, really need that granola bar but wouldn't be happy with an apple, you're probably not really hungry. You're just bored and procrastinating. Similarly, fullness can be slow to show up, especially with specific foods. Instead of waiting to feel full, try to stop eating when you're simply not hungry. It may take experimentation to ensure that you're eating enough food using this system, but it's an effective way to learn the difference between enough and too much. Also, just because a food is still tasting good and is pleasurable to eat does not mean you're still hungry. With extremely delicious foods, I highly recommend that you pause even more often to ask yourself where you are on the hunger scale because it's harder to tell. Again, smart preparation can help significantly with this. Packing a well-portioned lunch is key to promoting healthy eating habits. It's a great start, but be sure to practice mindful eating while eating your healthfully prepared lunch. The sensation of hunger is not dangerous or deadly. Finally, it's important to note that hunger can be a complicated topic for two primary reasons. One, many areas of the world and even parts of the U.S struggle with food security. Hunger is a serious problem. And two, similarly, people who struggle with eating disorders can have a complex relationship with hunger. I just wanna say that anytime I talk about hunger, I'm not referring to these two situations. I'm speaking directly to the average listener who would benefit from fine-tuning their relationship with hunger and fullness cues in favor of consuming a more nutrient-dense diet and eating less overall. As I said to a client during a coaching call last week, the sensation of hunger is not dangerous or deadly. Feeling your stomach rumble a little is not an unhealthy or undesirable experience. It's simply slightly uncomfortable and you should attend to it. But the fact that you're feeling it at all is not a bad thing. In developed countries like the US, we often do not wait long enough to become hungry and many of our eating habits are aimed defensively at not becoming hungry. Even though I caution clients against becoming too hungry, like when decision-making deteriorates after hours of hunger, I also think it's a mistake to never be hungry at all. Experiment with letting your stomach rumble and learn to space out meals so that you're eating at the sweet spot of hunger. You just listened to the post titled The Hunger Scale, Recognizing Hunger and Fullness by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility 
at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As Rachel mentioned, we often have complicated relationships with food. We may eat just because we're sitting in front of the TV and that's our habit. We may eat because we're bored or stressed or anxious. But as Rachel also mentioned, hunger is not necessarily something that needs to be treated right away. In fact, when I counsel those that wanna lose weight, I often tell them, it's okay to feel hungry. In fact, you're probably going to feel that way quite a bit of the time, especially in the beginning, but you'll get used to it. And eventually, those hunger pangs will feel less intense. Now, of course, in no way am I trying to starve my patients or am I purposefully making them feel uncomfortable? They don't need to be like Cosmo Kramer from the sitcom Seinfeld and completely get rid of their refrigerators to remove all temptation and to come to the realization that deprivation and pain is bliss. In a conversation with his sitcom neighbor, Jerry Seinfeld, Kramer says, I am loving this no refrigerator. You know what I discovered? I really like depriving myself of things. It's fun, very monastic, end quote. None of my patients ever need to get to this point where they feel like depriving themselves of food is fun. Instead, I'm trying to normalize these feelings. After all, the body will not be used to consuming fewer calories. So I let them know it's okay and very normal to feel hungry a lot of the time during their weight loss journey. But as I said, eventually these feelings start to go away. They start reconnecting with their body. They listen and hear their body's hunger signal and now know how to effectively cope and deal with it. Oh, and you might be wondering, whatever happened to Kramer from Seinfeld and his no refrigerator experiment? Well, like most of Kramer's schemes, it failed miserably. All right, that'll do it for me for today. I hope you have a great weekend if you're listening in real time and I'll see you back here tomorrow for the Sunday show and where your optimal life awaits.